sometimes a lot of people love the creative buzz, right, that you get from creating something new. But then the second you really have to do the work, then it's like, ooh, I don't want to do that. I just want to create something new again. So it can be that or that we're just so scared that if we really put our heart and soul into something and, yeah, we get rejected, people don't like it, you know, maybe we succeed, maybe we fail. Like there's all this fear of the unknown that we have. And so instead we just keep spreading ourselves too thin in these multiple income streams or multiple businesses or multiple opportunities. And then we wonder why we don't create wealth. I'm Sonia Statman and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I'm so excited to be here this week, and I'm here with my very amazing co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman, and today we're going to continue our season of busting business myths, and this myth that we're busting today is about the myth that you have to have multiple streams of income and that multiple streams of income leads to more wealth. So I think this is such a fascinating belief and myth. We're often educated and told to not put all our eggs in one basket. I feel like that's kind of the root of, you know, this idea. I don't know. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, when you start off as an entrepreneur, for many of us, it's a side hustle even. Like we already sort of launch with um, multiple streams of income. You know, from what I've experienced, a lot of women may have a full-time um, or a part-time job and then they pick up the thing that they, air quotes, you know, really want to be doing. But then you've got your attention going in all sorts of different directions. Yes. And I, that, I mean, that is such a great point, right? That we do often start off with these multiple streams of income already. And we believe that the idea is this job or this stable side of things, usually our zone of excellence, not our zone of genius, right? We've talked about that before. And this area will somehow bring us stability. So we'll keep that stable job going and then we'll build our business slowly. And it's not that I'm saying, you know, leap out of your job, just put all your things in your new business if that's what's happening. Obviously, there's, you know, multiple viewpoints to look at and there's what is right for you. But also, it takes a lot longer when you have multiple things that your attention is focused on. And it takes, I mean, I have seen time and time and time and time and time again, right, working with thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, that those who really put all of their energy and focus into what they really want to create, they exponentially create it faster. And those who always have kind of these multiple streams and these multiple things they're focused on are, you know, multi-passionate entrepreneurs. It takes a lot 
lot longer to stabilize financially and to build wealth in any one area. And yet it's, we can know this and we can still struggle with it. So, you know, I definitely struggle with having the multiple passions. I think for me, I've always seen myself as having diverse interests and intersectionalities of things like, Ooh, I love mental health and being a therapist, but then I'm fascinated by business building. And what if I work with other entrepreneurs and we create a co-working space, which is what we did. And then, Oh, what if I'm still (laughs) seeing my private practice? And then I want to do consulting. And so it can go on and on and on. And and that can be challenging when it really comes from this fountain of passion. So you feel like I'm not being, I'm not coming from scarcity. I'm not being scared about trying to play it safe. I just have so much creativity that I start putting it into these different lanes. And then I've got like this, you know, eight lane highway intersecting <laughs> when like, going really fast and, and I'm depleted and I don't even know where I'm going anymore. So it can quickly turn south when that happens. Yes. And let's unpack it a little bit, right? Because I think a lot of people talk about and even justify and even, you know, like I've seen lots of people be like, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And so I'm always going to have my hands and all these things. That's cool, right? And, and in no way am I saying don't be that way and don't do that, right? You have to align with your true self. And let's unpack it a little bit. Because what is the truth about sort of our multi-passionate entrepreneurship. Because the way that I've seen it, or the way that definitely the way that I teach my clients to build their businesses, is to create a container that's big enough for all your passions, right? There's no reason we have to dissect our passions into multiple businesses. When we can bring our passion into one business, and that container means we're spending a lot less energy that's diversified, right? All of our energy's backing one horse, if you will. You know, it's like we're really like putting all of our time and energy and passions into one place. So what do you think it's in the way of believing that we can be multi-passionate in one business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there are some beliefs there that we could look at. I think there's some discomfort that we actually have. And by diversifying, we're avoiding that uh, discomfort. Sometimes, you know, we know that like, so in therapy, we know that addiction can sometimes be and most often is trying to run from something uncomfortable. So whether it's like, online shopping or, um, food or a relationship or, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, addiction to something because we don't want to feel something. So we just get busy or we go shop or we reach for that drink or that substance. And so we have to be careful as entrepreneurs. We can also reach for that next business idea. We can kind of keep reaching for that other thing to be the thing that finally makes us happy or we succeed. And so we're kind of running from discomfort of fear, failure. I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do something else. So I've seen that within myself and within clients and friends of really kind of running from the thing that you really wanted to do and focus all this time. You're kind of running from it and creating all these distractions because at the heart of it, there may be a fear of what if I put my whole self in and I do focus and go all in and it's not something I can do. That fear of failure or even fear of success, right? Like it can be such an underpinning to this process. 
And and so, yeah, I mean, I've definitely experienced that. And I know I've worked with that many, many times. It's like this this fear. And so you kind of can see this by people who start something and then they're like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Before they really have data or before they really try, right, and then they start something new. And they're like, nope, but this isn't going to work. And then they start something new. But nope, this isn't going to work. And so whenever that happens, whenever I see that happening, to me, that's a sign to explore deeper. What's really underlying this? Like, definitely there are people who are visionaries. Like, that's their genius. And so being a visionary, you know, you want to be able to fulfill that over and over. So you don't want to get stuck in one thing in your business, right? I'm a visionary. I've created my business to align with that visionariness. Not only do I get to help other entrepreneurs with their vision, I get to constantly re-envision my business. And I have for 21 years, re-envisioning, re-envisioning. It doesn't have to be multiple businesses. It's always just re-envisioning the business that I want to be in. And so there is that process that sometimes we have to align with. And then there is the process of starting but being really afraid to either do the work, right? Like sometimes a lot of people love the creative buzz, right, that you get from creating something new. But then the second you really have to do the work, right, the chopping wood and carrying water, as I talk a lot about, like that's the real work of having a business. Then it's like, ooh, I don't want to do that. I just want to create something new again. So it can be that. Or that we're just so scared that if we really put our heart and soul into something and, yeah, we get rejected, people don't like it, you know, maybe we succeed, maybe we fail. Like there's all this fear of the unknown that we have. And so instead we just keep spreading ourselves too thin in these multiple income streams or multiple businesses or multiple opportunities. And then we wonder why we don't create wealth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's really it right there that we're so confused on one hand because I'm doing all these things, all these multiple opportunities for wealth and success, and yet nothing's happening. And people get stuck there like, but wait, this doesn't make sense. You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, I've internalized all those messages and I'm doing it or I've been able to, um, you know, or I'm kind of going with my vision self or I'm trying to stay true and I'm doing all of these multi-passions, but it's just not bringing me the wealth. And we know why we're doing myth busting is that we have this tendency then if we've fallen kind of, um, we've fallen into a myth, we then feel like, oh, shoot, then there must be something wrong with me. So that is why I know that I really want to talk about these myths because I've been there where I've believed in this myth and then I feel like a personal failure. But the reality is, is that if we look at why this is not even true, this is not guaranteed to lead to success, we start to understand that It's not that we are somehow failing. It's a mindset and an awareness that we might need to have in order to shift back to what really is making most sense for our energy and what we might tweak or be able to to shift to come back into more alignment rather than spreading ourselves too thin and then blaming ourselves for not making you know, finding success and all those different rabbit trails. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I definitely have been subject to this. You know, I I am definitely a focused kind of person. I really love having one thing to focus on. So usually I only have one service I'm providing at any given time. And that's because for me, 
I'm depleted if I have more than one service I'm offering or more than one thing I'm offering or more than one focus, right? I I just don't have the capacity. And that's taken me a long time to be honest and transparent and really own that for myself, right? Not even for others, just even for me because I'm a pretty, you know, strong person. I, <laughs> I'm i like determined. And so for a long time, I just believed I just had to work harder, right? This is another reason why we busted this myth earlier in the season is that, you know, so often we believe we just have to work harder and we'll succeed. And that's what I believed for a long time. I just have to work harder. It took me a long time to really own that I don't have the capacity of a lot of people. I can't work the way a lot of people work. And so because of that, I've learned that the only way to create wealth and to create income is to really, really focus. And I've had multiple businesses at the same time, right? Like our our center when we created Soma Vita. That was my first real taste of having two full businesses that I was running at the same time. And that was friggin' exhausting. Even when we created Soma Vita to serve our business, right? So, and this is what can happen. You know, we justified to ourselves, Laura and I, and I'll let her talk her perspective. This is mine. But, you know, we justified to ourselves that Soma Vita was going to support our business, that it was going to just be this, you know, just a space for us to work in, right? Really just free rent. I mean, that was kind of how we viewed it at first. It's like, you know, we're just going to, this thing is going to just be easy and run itself. And we're going to have a, you know, a free place to work and we're going to be able to run our business out of it. But as it grew, as it became what it was meant to be, it became more and more and more energy, more and more time. It became a thing in and of itself. And so no longer, you know, was it like supporting our business. It was like we're running two businesses that take a lot of energy and time, not counting being single parents, not counting having to just live and take care of ourselves, right? All the normal things. So I think we don't really sometimes recognize how split our attention is, how split our time is, how split our energy is. And then we wind up burnt out. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's just one of those things that can sneak up on you because you don't really know. And you tell yourself a story, you know, we justify, we tell ourselves like, this is going to be good. I'm, um, you know, just another vision or it's going to support this part is going to support this part. And so we don't know a lot of being an entrepreneur is throwing a spaghetti on the wall. So to speak, we experiment, but what I feel benefits me and what I feel like you and I um, see eye to eye on is that like the more self-aware we are about the things that are taking our attention, where we're giving our attention, if we're really more mindful and self-aware of that, then we can make better choices. And sometimes we are just so depleted and and there's so much energy going in all these different directions because of our multiple streams of income and all of these different possibilities that we have that we get lost and we can't see anymore. What is it that I set out to do? What am I really here? You know, I have to come back to that question with myself of just like, what is your calling again? Okay, wait, why are you here? What is your purpose? What is... Why did you create this business to begin with? Let's get back to those basics, if you will, and then really look at how these different areas, you know, these different branches are really serving that purpose. And I think that is where 
that focus is not just, oh, focusing in on one thing, but can you just focus for a minute on all the things to get clear about them? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, focus is the key. That's really what we're talking about as the antidote to this myth, right, is we're told to have multiple things and be doing multiple things. But really when we focus, we not only get back more time, we get back more energy, we get back more attention, we get back more money, we get back more, you know, pretty much of everything, freedom, like everything impact as well, right? We actually get back more impact. And I think you can look at this in terms of momentum. I talk a lot about momentum. And business. Every action we take produces momentum. And inaction doesn't produce momentum, right? And so a lot of times when we're running any business, even just one business, you know, we we take action, then we lose steam, we, we're motivated, and then we're unmotivated. Every time we stop and start, momentum decreases, right? Whereas every time we're consistent in action and energy, momentum exponentially increases. So you start getting more results and the results start piling on top of each other. And so a lot of what I teach my clients about is what I call minimal momentum. So just doing minimal actions every week, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes, right? Whatever you have, you can absolutely commit to every single week. What happens with that consistency is that Every time you do it, you're building momentum and then momentum starts piling up on top of each other. So now imagine multiple streams of income are multiple businesses, are multiple services. So each time you have to focus because you have finite attention, right? It's really great to think that we can multi-focus, but we actually can't. So in one day, you're putting attention on one business. Maybe for a whole week, you're putting attention on one business. And that means all the momentum drops in the other business. So then you're going back to the other business and then you're dropping the second business, right? So it's like either way, you're losing momentum in each stream because it is impossible for you to hold them all at the same time. And so that process of stopping and starting momentum, it takes so much more energy to start up momentum again in any one area of your life. And think about this. I mean, we all have experiences, you know, where we lose momentum on something. It could be a goal. It could be something we've had attention on. We don't all of a sudden don't have attention on it. When we put our attention back, it takes a lot longer to get into a habit, to get into some stability with it, to make it a regular easy thing for us, right? And so that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so true. That's a really good point because you think that you're doing it. You know, we have this like perception of I've got this and I'm multitasking, I'm multifocusing. We don't understand like that that is an illusion that it's actually happening because the brain needs to focus. It needs to focus on one thing. Actually, I just had a um, vision uh, therapy consultation for my son who's having some issues with reading and it's coming down to his eyes being able to track information. And they were and the doctor said, the optometrist says, the worst thing, the, the thing the brain hates the most is seeing double. It will do everything to be able to see that one image that is very disorienting for the brain to take in two different things. So that's interesting. Even just our eyesight so has, it's taking two eyes. It's constantly focusing so that we have one image. And so I think that we forget that, that the biology of that. So we're like, I'm seeing all of these things and everyone's told me to diversify and be flexible and have multiple options And yet 
that is exhausting for the body. It's disorienting for the brain. And so therefore, if you are feeling exhausted and inefficient and you're not getting wealth that way, then that makes sense because it's like nothing is built in us to, to be able to get that satisfaction, that wealth and that completion from that kind of energy. And this comes back again to just like, why do we have these cultural then expectations, these unrealistic cultural expectations that we are supposed to perform like this, that we're supposed, you know, and everybody's like busy and glorifying the fact that they have so many, you know, what's that thing in the fire, so many things in the fire that it's just, you know, that's everywhere and it's glorified. Yes, it is. And it's an illusion. Right? Like we're like we still believe on some level that we can multitask. Like we still believe it. Even though there's been so much information that says actually we don't multitask, right? We might go from one thing to another, but we don't technically multitask. Our attention is divided. And if you think about that, like when you're doing two things at once, right? So maybe you're watching a show and you're also on your phone. Right. I know I've done that plenty of times, right? So you've got these like your attention is divided and I'm not really fully present in either side, right? I'm not fully present the TV show. I won't remember half of what was on there. I'm not fully present in my conversation or whatever I'm doing on my phone, scrolling. I won't remember half of what's on there. So we don't realize that splitting attention is actually really a problem. Like we we have limited presence, limited energy, and we're collecting limited data, when we have split attention. So, you know, I'm a big one on collecting data as we're running our business. And one way to have a more successful business is collecting data along the way. What are people saying to you? How are people responding to the way you talk about your business, the way you're selling your business, the, the language that you use? When you tell someone what you do, how are they responding? But if we're not paying attention because we're always split – then we're collecting limited data and we're not able to really put the energy, the attention, the deliberateness, the strategy into our business that we would like. Yeah. Oh, that resonates a lot <laughs> with me of like <laughs> that feeling too. So then this is my challenge and I'm curious, you know, what you think about it and how, if you help clients with this, is that when it is multi-passionate and I'm becoming aware that I can't do it though. And so every time that I'm focused on one, that other one is, is hurting. Like you said, the momentum is dropping, nothing's happening there, but then I'm quickly trying to shift back and then shift back and I'm doing this back and forth. What do I do to successfully? So I say, I make a decision to focus on the one thing and I'm like, this is really where I want my attention, but I am still passionate about the other. And I'm wanting to sort of park it, if you will, like if there was a passion parking lot and we could put some things over there until we have the time and energy to focus on them, how does that work? How can that work to be able to um, not completely close the door on something that may be a later focus, you know, like, oh, maybe that's months down the road or maybe that's years down the road. I don't know. But what do you do with those kinds of passions that won't like, they're almost like they're not going to let you go. There's something about that when it feels like it's a part of your calling, it's a part of that, but you're, um, you're not doing it any service by the, you know, back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so a couple things, right? For one, I would look at how you can bring that in to an overall container. 
right? How can you bring all your passions? Now, it might be a different structure, right? So sometimes we have an idea of what a business model should look like, an idea of what a business should look like. And so we take this passion and we create a business from it. But how could you bring that passion indoors, right, into your one container, into your one focus and still create the impact that you want, but maybe in a different structure? That's the first thing I would look at. When I, when I do my business design course, when I'm working to help people take all their passions and talents and really create that container, that's the first thing I do. Because if we can bring all our passions in-house, if we can bring all our passions in one place, in one focus – wow, like what does that do for our business, right? There's no leakages. I mean, I often think about like a bucket of water. If you've got a bunch of holes in that bucket, you can't keep water in for very long. And this is what most people are doing in their business. They don't, they're not, first of all, not fully aligned with their passions. They don't have all their passions in the one bucket. So then all these water holes are spraying out water and you're constantly having to put water back into that bucket. So that's like the first thing that I would really be looking at. And sometimes it's a matter of, you know, like un raveling and getting rid of some beliefs you have about what's possible or being attached to a particular structure that you think is the best way to deliver that passion. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Like that is the one that I fall into is getting too attached to the structure. And then I see, oh, there's like these structures I'm trying to focus between the different ones and not doing what you're saying, which is bringing everything under one umbrella. I learned that a lot about myself in the last um, year with COVID because prior coming into COVID, I was operating three companies and they all had separate business models, very separate income streams. And oh my goodness, I was just about to lose it. And of course, part of the gift of COVID of us being in a place where we all slowed down those kind of unexpected gifts of the global stillness is what I refer to that as is I was able to understand that that was no longer what I just couldn't do it. One of them, I physically closed a location and that helped a lot because I didn't have to have that business structure was no longer attached to what it was. It could become anything. And I've slowly started to then bring those, all those companies into my one Laura Shook Guzman.com. Right. And, and what all of that looks like. And that's exciting because you, you don't have to let go of what you're passionate about, but you have to be willing to release your attachment that you have to the structures because it was those structures that were keeping them so separate. And now as I kind of look at, but what's the, what are the threads? What are the threads that I really want to focus on and how can everything kind of come under one umbrella? So yeah, that's really really important to remember that it's not like you're, you're throwing something out. You may just need to reimagine how is that a core value and how is, how are you serving that core value within a structure that allows for that diversity, but gives you a single focus. Like I'm focused on this and then it meets these different needs or it's kind of, you know, multiple categories. Yes, exactly. And so sometimes it takes figuring out what that 
container is, what that higher level umbrella is, if you will. What is the one focus? Because sometimes when I see people who come into my business and we're working through the business design, they'll have multiple things they think are disconnected. But when we actually rise up higher to what is that piece that is holding it all? What is the, what's the common denominator in all of those passions? We often get to the focus. And that is really powerful. I mean, and so I think, you know, we really have to look at how can we streamline and focus our energy and attention and business. And I've seen it time and time again. It's really, really powerful. And I see this as well with people who are, you know, oh, it's just, it's such a hard situation and circumstance to be in a full-time business or a full-time job or even a pretty part-time job and be doing a side hustle where you want to build your business. As much as I, you know, have seen it over and over and over again, there is a point, there is a moment when you have to choose to focus on your business. And that division of side hustle and full business, and I know it's really touted. Everyone is like, do it. It's all good. It's fine. But in my experience, it takes a very, very long time to stabilize your business when you are divided like that. And so there comes this moment, this time when you have to make a decision to take the leap. Now, it doesn't mean you don't create a concrete plan or you don't create some stability or a meantime plan that takes you from A to B. But there is this decision that you have to make to let go of extreme, you know, stability of a job in order to be able to really leap in, put all your focus into that business. And, you know, it really is an important thing if you're sitting in that position to really think about, you know, what will it take and what do you need to do to get to that point to make that decision Um, because divided time is it just takes a long long time to succeed and we don't believe it and we don't you know we don't want to believe it maybe but you know I've just seen it time and time again yeah and I think that's just really again a compassionate and like understanding approach to ourselves to say look it's it's okay if I have if I'm gonna do that but I need to do it with eyes wide open then it's gonna take longer If, you know, if there's, if I'm in a circumstance where this has to happen, then let's be realistic and then not beat myself up when I am not able to take this other business to fruition when I'm still doing the side hustle or I'm still doing this over here. And I know like when I started, you know, people that are just starting off ask me, you know, how long did you transition? Because I had a part, I had a full-time job as a therapist at a nonprofit when we decided to launch Soma Vita, I went down from full-time to part-time, which was my accommodation of like, I'm still got a paycheck, still got that responsibility that, and that, you know, consistency there. And then I had more time to put towards the business, but that only lasted about a year because I got to the point I was working part-time and trying to build Soma Vita. And I could only do that for that first year. And then it became apparent that it was time to release the hustle which was, I mean, release the job and focus, make the the hustle, which was the full-time business. And for me, it was good because my, my letting that therapy position go, I brought my private practice under that umbrella. And that really is why my co-working space was as successful as it was the whole time. And then it ran for 13 years was because I did bring that umbrella. The private practice was under the umbrella 
had I known how to do that more like wholeheartedly from the beginning, instead of thinking of them as separate, cause I still had this mindset, but I can speak to the truth of it is like the more that I became focused, the more things became under the umbrella, the more it made sense in the, the flow, the energy flow and energy access to really do all the things. So I think that from my own experience for listeners that are just like, how am I going to do this? Right. It's just, it is the awareness that the more that you're divided, it's possible you can work that way. But the more divided that you are, there is a cost that you're paying as far as getting that thing to the full vision. And so if you're feeling frustrated with the time that it's taking, what can you let go of? What can you release attention from and bring more attention to the thing that you really want, you know, and just do that exercise of like, what has my fixed attention that is not really serving this greater goal here? And one way you can do that is by really having, again, that minimal momentum every week. So if you've got a full-time job, as an example, and you want to really build your business, you have to have dedicated time every week, momentum every week in your business to be able to start to build it up. So even if it's four hours on a Saturday, right? If you take four hours every Saturday to take the next step in your business every week as you're you know, still working full time, you will start to gain momentum. And there'll be this crossover point where one day you're able to fully step more into your business. But I think you've got to dedicate that time because really back to that focus, if you are like, oh, you know, I, I spent a, a day or two really working on my business and then oh, I couldn't touch it for four weeks. When you go back to touch your business again, you're going to be lost. You're going to be like, what am I doing? Right. And I've seen this like literally time and time and time again with the clients that are doing this is, you know, I'm like, just make a dedicated hour, dedicated two hours, whatever you have, make something that happens every week, like a meeting and, you know, it could be a lunch break, but make that time to dedicate and put attention on your business. The longer you're away from that business, the harder it is to get into it. And so then your next time, maybe you have four hours, but you haven't been in it for a month. You're just in those four hours trying to figure out where you are right? Like, what am I doing? What's my next step? Where am I, right? You're spending all that time to get back into it. I mean, I kind of lose my time every day, right? So the first thing I do every morning is like, where am I? What do I need to do next, right? So, you know, definitely the longer you have attention off of your business, the more challenging it is to come back to it. So that's one way that you can navigate it more effectively while you are running, you know, a side hustle or why you are working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. I like that because I hear two things that really stand out to me is that the consistency, like really put it on the calendar, be consistent, know that that is your time. And it's also, um, so being consistent. And what was the other one that you said that I thought I really loved and just, oh, and just like being, again, I love the giving yourself some understanding and compassion that it takes a minute too. So don't just give yourself one hour because you might need a four hour block. if You're really going to get anywhere. For me, that is the case for sure. When I come to something that I haven't worked on for a little bit, I have to orient myself, you know? And so if the expectation is that I'm going to get to it and as soon as I sit down, I'm just going to, you know, get all these things done, then I'm disappointed with myself. But if I know that the first 30 minutes or an hour might be reorienting, what did I get done? What What's happened since then? What's happening now? And then what do I actually want to 
work on um, and get this, you know, for this chunk of the remaining two or three hours. So I think that's important to remember that there are ways that you may work with different responsibilities, different focus, but how do you then consistently bring all the focus to that thing? And this is what they say about multitasking, that we never are, we're never multitasking, we think that we are, and women, we are told that we're really good at it, but that just means we're good at doing a lot of things at the same time, but that doesn't mean that it isn't exhausting and that we aren't going to just drop those balls. But when you're actually cooking and you're watching your child and you're trying to do your taxes, I don't know, it's like you're not actually focused on all those that you're moving in and out of focus from the spreadsheet to the stove, to the child, to the back, to the, you know, we're moving in and out of all of these areas of focus. And... Like, I just have to throw this in. This is almost like a whole podcast topic in and of itself. But why have women been indoctrinated that we're multitaskers? Because guess what? We get less done. We accomplish less wealth. We have less impact. Men have always been allowed to focus. Women have been indoctrinated not to focus. And so that is all about patriarchal power, people. Like, really? So, you know, that's a whole – we're not going to get like – a whole other one. Too much. I think we have talked about it. Listen to our past <laughs> ones. Like, it definitely – threads have come up. But yes, but that's a way of actually – we're so used to not having the luxury of time and focus because it is. And you think about people that are more and more traditional gendered roles, they will have like that more feminine role will be busy doing all the multitasking and the more masculine role will have everyone in the family is making space for that person. Oh, you've got to focus. Oh, shh, that person needs to work. And notice I'm not saying male, female either because, or like husband, wife, because this can happen across even in same sex relationships where they're, but who's the feminine role, who's the masculine role. And everyone in that family will make sure that that masculine role typically has more focus time. It's so fascinating. And, you know, yeah, there's so much we could talk about that. But I think this is a good place to wrap up. This has been a really awesome conversation. You know, there's a lot that we could talk about. And we are thinking about doing a live Q&A in, a, in like a few weeks possibly. So we're going to wrap up the season with something like that. And if you have any questions around any of the things we've covered this season, you can reach out to us. You can, you know, Click into any of our social media. You can, you know, reach out to us at womeninthebusinessarena.com. And we're going to be able to answer your questions live, which I think is going to be really fun. Um, but I think there is a lot of questions around this particular topic. But it's such a good thing to just recognize that focus is a superpower and that we don't have to have multiple streams of income to create wealth. And in fact, it is more debilitating toward the action of wealth and stability to have multiple streams. So anything you want to wrap up with today, Laura? Just the phrase coming to mind as you're saying that for myself is remembering that focus is an act of self-care especially for those of us who really haven't been given the luxury to focus. We've been so busy taking care of everyone else and everything else. Focus is self-care, giving yourself permission to really go in, all in on something that you really love without feeling like you've, you're, you've got to, that you're obligated to do all these different things. I think it's really powerful. So I just kind of reframed that for myself. There's a lot of that I'm going on right now that, you know, work ethic rooted in rest, 
stillness as productivity. And now I've got focus as self-care. I love that. That's so perfect. So thank you, Laura. And thank you everyone for joining us today. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I loved today's topic because I know how important it is to focus and streamline your business. Focusing your business leads to more success, more wealth, and more freedom. We did a great five-part series on this topic, which you can find at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Or if you need some guidance in this area, check out my coaching program and group at worthywomencollective.com. Have an amazing day and we'll see you next week.